Hey, welcome to the Afikra podcast. Today's episode features a community presentation from Leila Kay. This was originally recorded on July 25th on Zoom. The title of the talk is Behind the Lens, Karima Aboud's Oeuvre. And if you can get through my pronunciation of that, you'll enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome, everybody. If you uh, haven't yet, uh, introduce your, feel free to introduce yourself um, in the chat below. I think as more people uh, join, I'll let them into the, into the waiting room. Uh, so welcome to today's Afikra. Uh, today we have um, Leila, who is going to share uh, a presentation on Karim Aboud. Uh, Leila, I'm going to hand it over to you. Hi, everybody. Thanks again to um, Afikra um, for inviting me to present once again. I just want to say it's a great community to be a part of, and I highly recommend it for avid followers and newcomers to consider presenting on a topic you're interested in. So um, even though this was mentioned earlier, um, uh, it's just the presenter's promise that um, usually comes at the beginning of a presentation. Um, I'm not an expert, um, and if you do know anything um, about 19th century, 20th century photography in Palestine, please feel free to sound it off in the comments. Um, and at the end of the presentation, I would love to go through those and um, see if there's something maybe that I missed out on. And of course, not trying to um, persuade you of my agenda. So with that said, um, we'll dive right in. So in early 2018, um, Darit Al-Funun in Amman, Jordan, presented the first comprehensive exhibition on Karim Aboud. I was immediately drawn towards how the individuals were photographed um, outside the framework of um, Orientalist photography that often portrays Palestine and its inhabitants in a romanticized singular form that caters to um, a Western audience. This, as well as the striking fact that um, the photographer was a woman, since I had been under the impression that non-itinerant photographers during the first half of the 20th century um, in Palestine were men. So that really sparked my interest. And um, the question that I intend to unpack um, throughout this presentation is really what is the importance of Karim Aboud's photography? aside from the fact that she holds the title of being um, the first Arab woman to um, own and operate her own studio. So the outline for this presentation, um, we'll start with her formative years, then we'll dive into the history of early photography in Palestine, um, followed by her portraiture and capping off with her legacy. Um, so Karime Aboud is considered the first woman to own and operate her own photography studio in Palestine um, from the 1920s to the 50s. Um, photography was firmly established in the region as far as the 1880s when the first studio was opened in Jerusalem. Um, she was born on November 18, 1893 in Bethlehem and died in 1955 um, with various months and dates being purported. Um, but we do know that she died in um, Nazareth. So the second of six children, her father, Asad Aboud, was a well-known Protestant minister who served in churches throughout Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Haifa, and Nazareth. Um, information, unfortunately, pertaining to her mother's identity was more challenging to find, um, even just her name. Um, her father's travel as a minister throughout several cities and villages 
really did expose Abud from a young age to the diverse landscape of the country. And perhaps it was an indirect factor in what sparked her interest in photography. Um, eventually settling down in Bethlehem, um, Aboud was given her first camera on her 17th birthday in 1913. Um, and it is known that during her, the entirety of her career, she used only three cameras at that time. So the subject of her photography um, during her formative years is reflective of the qualities that she carries throughout her career, which really were photo photographing um, her family members, friends, um, and the countryside. And um, during her time um, as a student at the American University of Beirut, she did travel to Baalbek to photograph the archeological sites. So by the early 20s, um, Aboud uh, began taking photos from, the clients, from her clients' homes, um, primarily of women and children, shortly after by taking wedding and ceremonial um, photographs. But the concept of taking photos within the domestic space um, of women and children is a characteristic developed early on that she continued throughout the duration of her career. And by the early 1930s, she became a professional photographer. She rose to prominence and popularity in her hometown of Nazareth um, when the local photographer Fadil Sabah moved to Haifa and she became highly in demand in taking wedding photographs and portraits. So by the mid-30s, um, she began to offer hand-painted copies, which you can see here, um, this photograph on the left-hand side titled Relative of Karim Aboud. Um, the tree that the individual is holding onto actually is hand-painted after the photograph has been developed. Um, and a few of these styles um, of photography that she has still survive. Um, this was the only one that unfortunately I could get my hands on. But additionally, at some point in her career, she incorporated the phrase lady photographer into her work, both in newspaper advertisements and stamped on the verso of her photographs as pictured here as well. But rather than downplay um, or minimize the fact that she was a woman photographer who did own and operate her own studio, she didn't only embrace it, but as we can see, she really did capitalize that, um, which led me to wonder, um, really, how did she benefit from this? How did she benefit from capitalizing on the fact that she was um, marketing herself as a lady photographer? Um, and we'll get back We'll answer that question in the next section, um, but just to keep it at the back of your minds. Um, so after the death of her parents in the 1940s, she relocated to Jerusalem and then Bethlehem, um, still during this time really practicing and um, continuing to own and operate her own uh, studio. Um, so the types of photos that she took are generally broken down um, into three sections by scholarship, um, and that's landscapes and cities, religious sites and houses of wor worship, um, and portraits. And then snapshots is something that we'll get to in a moment. So as you can see, there's some of her landscapes and cities, some religious sites and houses of worship, and some portraits. So in addition to the three categories I previously mentioned, um, I actually added another category entitled snapshots, which although do appear similar to portraits and um, that they are 
photographs of, of people or one or more persons, um, the distinction that I, I saw between the two of them is the casual or spontaneous um, nature that is found in snapshots. So snapshots by, by definition really are less formal. Um, they are casual photographs that, as I mentioned, are snaps, uh, excuse me, are shot spontaneously and quickly without artistic um, intent. As you can see on the left hand, or yes, the right hand side, an Arab family on picnic. Um, portraits, however, are often indoors. They capture the personality of the individual or group by manipulating the lighting, um, a stylized backdrop and intentional poses as exhibited by the photo on the left hand side, which is possibly relatives of um, Abud's. However, her portraits um, do kind of test the boundaries of what is conventionally seen or defined as what is a portrait. Um, we can see that here with the portrait on the left-hand side, um, which is entitled, but in um, parentheses says Dimitri and his mother. Um, we see Dimitri embracing um, his mother, and it's a, really an example of the the breadth of her style of portraiture um, in that it does exhibit some spontaneity to it. Um, we see that the mother is seated. She's appearing very dignified yet relaxed. Um, her son is sort of partially seated on the arm, smiling and embracing her. Um, and there really is a sense of naturalness to the photo due largely to how Abud has chosen to capture the mother and son. Both are relaxed in front of the camera, giving it uh, the entire photo a spur of the moment impression due to their body language and Dimitri's smile. However, the photograph next to this of a nurse in Akka government hospital uniform um, also does uh, exemplify another far more formal style of portraiture um, that I think we're typically used to when we think of um, late 19th, early 20th century black and white portrait photography. Um, the nurse is seated pictured, it's far more formal. Um, she has uh, her legs crossed and hands gently clasped over one another. She's dressed in her uniform and in the photograph uh, documents the entirety of her garb right down to her spotless white shoes. And the fact that she's seated rather than standing coupled with her relaxed posture and staring directly at the camera rather than looking away from the camera um, does give less of a stoic quality to it. Um, despite the fact, as I mentioned, that she is dressed in her official uniform, which um, perhaps this was used for um, a different intent rather than just having a photograph within the household of family members. Um, but again, that's just a guess. Anyways, many, if not the majority of portrait photographers in Palestine photograph their subjects within their studios, which were equipped with professional gear and um, prepared in advance um, of their client's arrival. The photographer brought um, the client into their domain. While Abu did have her own studio, a sizable amount of her portraits were taken at her client's homes, which are actually the works that she's most celebrated for. As she was not in her studio with all of her equipment at her disposal, she would have had to cater to the household layout, giving each portrait an added distinction of um, personality, both in background and in the sitters. 
Throughout the course of my research, though, I learned that her male contemporaries um, uh, did not take photographs of individuals in such an intimate setting, particularly of women and children. Um, seeing as cultural mores um, regulated the house as a domestic space for women, it would have been perceived um, really at the very least as unfavorable by some for a male photographer to enter um, the client's home. So moving on to the next section, history of early photography in Palestine. As the first woman to open and operate um, a professional photography studio, um, she did actually advertise herself in El Carmel newspaper in 1932, stating herself as, quote, the only national female photographer, um, and also that she learned from one of the most renowned photographers. So by the time she opens her studio up, actually in 1930, or excuse me, um, in the 1930s, um, the area, as I had said earlier, really already consisted of numerous photographers that had um, established themselves. So we have to remember that really already by the 1880s, there's the first or what is known as being documented as the first um, photography studio in Jerusalem. Um, so a scholar and specialist on Aboud and Palestinian photography, Isam Nasser, um, conducted a study just to see if really there were any other women that were um, photographing um, at, the, at that time. So while there were other women that were in photography studios assisting um, their either brothers or husbands, they did not actually own the studio. So that's really where the distinction of um, and the definition of the first female photographer comes into, into play or is being unpacked a bit further. Um, but really, this study also that I had mentioned earlier, um, it was done um, in Palestine, Lebanon, and Egypt to see if there were any other female photographers that existed prior to 1948. Um, and he noted that he was unable to find um, any mention of women practitioners in those three countries. So unfortunately um, for us, her instructor's identity is not known as the advertisement does not mention their name or where her instructor or mentor was located. However, the text uses the masculine form of the noun um, in Arabic, musawir, rather than the feminine musawera. Um, her mentor could have been one of the key figures at the time, which includes Isa Sabawini, Daoud Sabunji in Yaffa in the 1890s, or it could have been Khalil Raad, who was considered the first Arab photographer in Palestine. And we can see his studio um, just in front of Yaffa Gate in Jerusalem is pictured here. So, while the identity, as I said, of her mentor does remain unknown, I think, and I'd like to stress that this is just an observation that I deduced and it's not um, within any form of scholastic body of um, literature. I think after viewing some of Khalil Rad's portraits that Aboud, at the very least, would have been familiar with him and his aesthetic style. Um, Again, this is just an observation that I made. If anybody happens to know more about Khalil Rad and his aesthetic style, um, that would be great. Also, hint, hint, it would be a really great um, Afikra 
talk in the future. Um, but specifically about this photo that we see on the left of his daughter, um, Ruth Rad, it really, um, in terms of the setup, the layout, the body posture, the facial expressions, um, they both really kind of match up and there does seem to be some, while there are still very well-defined distinctions between the two of them, um, there does seem to be some similarities in the approach to photo photographing their subjects. So again, that's just a possibility, but something that I felt um, was important to include to kind of put her in conversation with her male contemporaries. So moving on to portraits, most of the early um, Arab and Armenian photographers in Palestine specialized in studio photo photo photography, um, taking mainly portraits and at times special events such as weddings and graduation ceremonies. Portrait photography was one of the popular fields in early local photographic practices in Palestine. Um, which really does explain why most of Abud's um, oeuvre consists of portraits. Nasser explains that um, in her case, it probably was the most acceptable type for her to specialize in, in light of um, societal norms that constrained women's abilities to work um, outside the home and really within the domestic space. He makes an important observation that this type of photography allows its creator to really pay more attention to the details and to plan carefully and manipulate the setting and lighting to their uh, liking. Um, one example is the photo that she took of two young ladies whose exact relation to each other is unknown but are thought to be friends or siblings, both fashionably dressed in clothing indicative of trends um, from the mid to late 1920s. Their dresses and shoes are similar in style. Once again, Aboud has included the shoes in the photo with the decorative carpet appearing the same, if not eerily similar to several previous photographs seen. Um, the taller woman leans into her sibling or friend who may be the eldest, and holds a discreet bouquet of flowers. The eldest looks away from the camera while her sibling or friend stares out at the viewer. Nasser suggests that this could be a family portrait and that the women came to Karime's studio or home in their best clothing to have their photos taken. Um, unlike the portraits previously shown, both women appear a bit nervous or intimidated by the camera. And while this might suggest, or while we might be quick to make the conclusion that Aboud was really less than capable um, than her contemporaries to ease these two women's concerns and reassure them that um, there was really nothing to be worried about or cautious about, I actually disagree with that quick conclusion that we could jump to make. Um, and I, I side up a little bit more with um, something that Nasser, who again specializes in um, Palestinian photography and Karim Aboud specifically, he made this or drew this conclusion stating that it really reveals the humanity of her subjects, which um, at the end of it is the significance of her craftsmanship, um, is her ability to preserve the humbleness and humanity of her subjects rather than capturing um, a stoicism and formality um, that many, not all necessarily, but many of her contemporaries did. 
and it really is a it's a hallmark to her distinct approach. Um, interestingly, though, if we look at the other photograph pictured here, um, her portrait of Adeline Hawa shares some of the hallmarks of her style. Um, she is seated, presumably, again, in her finest dress, like the two women in the previous photo we discussed. And although she appears to look away from the camera, um, it is a quality that is not always found um, in Abud's uh, photography or in her oeuvre, um, we typically do see, or the photos that I was able to um, find, I should rephrase that, the photos that I was able to locate, most of her subjects really are looking straight at the camera, um, which is interesting because some uh, scholars kind of say that um, that idea of looking straight at the camera is really what allows the sitter's personality to come through. And that when you look away from the camera, um, like we, I think, see in most uh, portraits of this time, of that era, um, the sitters sometimes tend to look away from the camera, almost mimicking what you would think to see in um, portraiture as a whole, um, painting portraiture, I should specify. But what's, what I at least appreciate about this photograph of Hawa is that, yes, she is looking away a bit from the camera, but her relaxed facial expression and posture still do give us a bit of a personable quality to the photo. Capping it off with the leg her legacy. Um, in early 2019, a photographic exhibition titled Palestine Unlimited um, presented the winners from Dar al-Khalima um, University College of Arts and Culture in Bethlehem, which was the first photographic competition in honor of Aboud. Um, images from the 10 finalists were selected to help break stereotypes and share a realistic view for the public to experience Palestine's true nature. And in 2017, Dart al-Funun presented the first comprehensive exhibition of photographs by Karim Aboud. A sizable amount of the pho photographs presented today actually are from that um, collection um, of photographs that were exhibited, which are from a private collection, um, Ahmed Mrowat's collection, which really only came to light in 2006 and unfortunately are not always archived and dated, but his collection does include numerous photographs taken by Aboud, her family photo album, letters, and one of her cameras. Really in um, concluding this, her portraits and social landscapes expand upon the historical record of life in Palestine before 1938, specifically in the early 20s through the 1930s. The scholarship has situated Aboud and her oeuvre, particularly her portraits, as creating a distinct aesthetic style um, different from her contemporaries, while foregoing Orientalist tropes for a Western audience to present a spontaneous, less posed subject devoid of pomp and circumstance. By foregoing European trends and traditions in portrait photography, Aboud was able to capture a sense of the sitter's aura in a unique and personable manner. Um, and lastly, just some further reading. And um, thank you all so much for listening to my, my talk on Karimi Aboud. Thank you, Laila. Thanks for sharing. Uh, oh. Super, super interesting to see
Um, are there any questions from, uh, from the audience? Any thoughts, opinions? Um, thank you so much, Leila, for this talk. It was amazing. And especially as a Palestinian, seeing photography from back when uh, is really nice. Um, my question is, I think you touched on this a little bit, but maybe you can elaborate a bit more. As a female photographer allowed into domains that were inaccessible to male photographers, how does Abud's work compare to work by other contemporary photographers? That's a really good question. Um, I think that it kind of expands on the narrative of what um, the visual narrative of Palestine and Palestinians um, in in some in one way because um, like I said you know she wasn't really social norms um, societal norms I should say cultural mores um, really prevented her from photographing maybe more of her more men than it did than it allowed her to photograph women and children um, which I think is at the very least, I think it's it's better for us in a way because it does kind of, as I said, it I think it humanizes um, Palestinians before 1948 in a way, and it kind of expands on, it challenges, I think, at the very least, um, certain narratives, even though I think those have been discredited in academia, but still persist in some circles that Prior to 1948, there really wasn't a large population in Palestine, which I think when you look at her photographs, um, immediately fall, like it, it kind of shoots down that, that whole idea. Um, I don't know if that really answers your question. I tried to kind of touch up on that, but I think it really just expands the narrative of, um, what was of a photography at that time. I wish in a way that um, more of her photographs were um, within the public domain as well. Um, what was a little bit frustrating, I'll just say, and then I'll cap that off, um, and you can let me know if I've answered your question, is that not a lot of her photographs that were present at the exhibition um, in 2017 at Darat al-Funun um, are found online. Um, there's really only a handful that are found online. So it does um, prove a little bit more challenging sometimes as well as the information that's written about her. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, Zaina. I kind of, I feel like I took a tour and I, I don't know if I really got to the heart of it. Dina is asking uh, where she can find the written description. Dina. Do you want to clarify the written description of? Um, so when you were reading the description at the museum, when it referred to her Western um, outlook, including Orientalism, I was wondering if I could find it anywhere online. I think so. The I would say that section, actually, I about foregoing Western um, traditions and, and orientalist tropes. Um, that's, I wrote that, but their website, if you type in, you know, Darat Al-Funun and Karim Abboud, it will um, take you to um, a link to their 
uh, I guess, history of exhibitions that they have. Um, Great. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Just want to say thank you for such like an enlightening presentation. It was very unique. Um, I just wanted to ask: Do you think Abu's work had any impact on current female Arab photographers, or if it maybe piloted some sort of pattern in the female photography industry in the Arab world? Thank you, Maryam. I that's a really great question. Um, I wish that I could give you a resounding yes um, or no. I think my question, my answer would be, I'm actually not sure um, if it has. I wish that I could say, I, I would like to say that given the um, research that I've done on Karime, unfortunately, there's not a lot of attention that's paid to her um, in scholarship. There's only been, it seems, um, one retrospective of her work, which was in 2017 at um, Dharat Al-Funan. So I think that there's still a lot to be said about her. There's a lot to be discovered about her work. Um, and I really do think that she does, if she doesn't already have a place in the canon of women, Arab women photographers, and just photographers in, in general, like let's just also um, not pigeonhole her in that way, but let's you know put her in conversation with a lot of other photographers, both men and women. She, in, in my humble opinion, definitely um, deserves more space than I think she has. I think there's a lot to say, um, Leila and Maryam, to extend that conversation about you know, the conversation in the 19, you know, between the 1910s and 1930s around professional photography versus more amateur photography, especially in the elite circles, which is kind of what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. There was a time, as I understand it, you know, in the big cities, I know in Beirut and in Cairo for sure, there was a culture um, for sort of elite women of... Um, like photographing their own domestic environments, photographing their own friends and compiling them, those very private photographs into kind of albums, like almost the way you'd compile like an Instagram page now and sort of share that when somebody comes over for, you know, coffee or whatever. Uh, and there's a kind of very strong, that's where you see a strong stylistic difference, I think, between uh, the kind of domestic photography, which, yes, a lot of it tends to be more female, and then the professional photography, which obviously uh, is a little bit more male and a little bit more formalized. Uh, and I think she walks that fine line between the two, between the two worlds. I know that um, the... Um, there's the, I think it's called the Arab Foundation for, the Arab Foundation for Images, is that what it's called? I'm trying to see. It's, it, there's like a big archive uh, based primarily in Beirut, uh, or Arab Image Foundation, which is a really big archive. Um, it's based in Beirut, I believe, that, um, compiles a lot of that kind of photography. So if you're curious to, kind of compare how her work stacks up to other, you know, non-professional and very casual female photography from that era. It's kind of interesting to look at that as well. Um, and I am going to go ahead and ask um, 
Zaina's other question, which is what does Shems in her label refer to? I also had that question. Like if you go back to her label, the, the English label says lady photographer and the, the Arab label says something Musawira slash Shems, or at least I think it's Shems. The only translation I know of Shems is sun. Right, uh, right. So I'm actually not exactly sure what that is referring to. I wish I did know that. Um, I didn't even find anything that I, I, I can't say that I found something um, that really gave me a translation of that, unfortunately. But that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a really good question. I wish I knew the answer to that. We'll take one more question from Kareem. Kareem, um, do you want to go ahead and ask your, your question? Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, thanks for the uh, insightful presentation. Uh, can everyone hear me? Yes, we okay. can hear you. Um, I was just wondering, uh, really, I mean, from a cultural perspective, I mean, whether um, Abboud's work was uh, really showcasing, you know, within the Palestinian uh, Arab women's uh, movement rights in the 30s um, from, from a cultural angle. Um, um, I mean, uh, was, is there any intersection really between her work and kind of like baking, uh, breaking the, the taboo on, 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 on just general um, women's rights at the time? Thank you. Hi, Kareem. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, not that I'm aware of, um, unfortunately. Um, I think that part of the reason that that could have been the case um, is that she, I mean, she dies, I think, in the 50, early 50s, I believe it was. I have the date here actually with me. I think it was 1955 that I said she passed away. Um, it seems like from what I could gather, a lot of her, even though that's not that far off from the 30s, a lot of her um, work after she died that was in her collection was not, was, was not shared with the public. Um, so I don't really know to the extent of how that would have um, informed or interacted with that movement at the time. Um, but that's a really excellent question. I will say, um, and I'm kind of pivoting to what you're asking, um, that today really a, a large amount of her photography is owned by private collectors. Um, I think it's really a handful of them. Um, some are a bit more some are open to actually sharing their photography their collection with the public um, others have no interest at all in doing that um, and I think at least from what the exhibition had stated um, when I had went to go see the 2017 exhibition was that some of the um, photographs are now the identities of the people that were being photographed are being mistaken for not being Palestinian and being photographed um, after 1948. So yeah, that's not really answering your, I, I know that that's kind of pivoting from what you're saying or asking, but um, I would say that ultimately I'm not really sure how much or to what extent her uh, photography influenced that. Nia, I know her, her uh, mic isn't working, but you know, she was asking about um, whether or not any 
photographers from her generation survive. I, I think since she was born in the 1890s, that seems unlikely. It would seem to me like no, but I don't know. Cedric came back to us and said, Musawwar Shemis translates to photographer. Okay, Just a guess from, a guess from uh, the Naila Bustra Sahnawi collection, which is again, one of these kind of um, large collections of female photography, but non, non-professional female mm-hmm. photography from, again, specifically elite women. So, you know, it's, you can't really look at these photographs and generalize to the population at large, because this is a time when photography, especially private photography, is still very much an elite pursuit. So there's a class, you know, layer um, to all of this, of course. Again, before we say goodbye, let's join in a round of applause for Layla. This was really, really nice to see. Thank you so much, everybody. Really appreciate it. Great questions. Great. And see you all very soon, I hope. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We have new episodes coming every single week. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find us at afikra.com for information about all upcoming events. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot. See you next time and stay curious.